0: The James Suckling Podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews, and more.
1: How are you doing? Good. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on on 18 for Chardonnay.
0: We went through what, three or four years of drought vintages, you know, mm-hmm. thir- uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, and then when 18 hit, we could just see right away that, uh, with the, the rainfall we got in 2017, 2018, really nourished soil back up. And so the vines produced a really healthy, beautiful crop, very balanced crop. So, you know, when you, when you see this stuff in the field, uh, you right away will notice that as a winemaker that all oh, this, these, this could be potentially just an outrageously good vintage because the vines are balanced. They have a decent crop, uh, you know, the vines have a lot of horsepower, and so they want to produce, you know, a really intensely flavored grape, and 2018 was that in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. We were able to produce super intense uh, grapes, uh, bring them in, and just have the wines were so reflective of the of the vintage being so concentrated.
1: So you, did you have a pro like I was talking to um, a number of people, like, um, paul hobbs um but we were talking mostly about cab but he said it was a general thing and he said that he really had to crop thin a lot and it was hard for him to work with some growers like in the end he had to pay say okay i'll pay you by the acre
0: yeah oh yeah well you know chardonnay um we do a lot of thinning irregardless of a of a heavy crop you know small crop we're always thinning to fine-tune things but uh Chardonnay is very virulent and well. You I mean you've? How many times have you said these wines are really? You know, they're very expressive and brilliant and concentrated. Yeah. You know, it was a big harvest. We had, we made like twenty percent more wine than we did in twenty seventeen. Well, let's yeah, take so, the
1: wines. So what? So you want to start off with? Um, tell me which wine you want to start off with.
0: Yeah, we should do. Well, we should do Hyde Hudson and then Shack. Okay.
1: Wow, this is beautiful.
0: Okay, so. I know you're well versed on hide. You know Ooh. a lot about right, And all that stuff, so I don't have to.
1: But really nice weight to to this hide and really tight. And
0: yeah, it has a really interesting like uh, ginger peel. Yes, lemon lemon confit. Some sort of uh, it comes from the soil there. I think we you know I think the the the, the most uh Chablis like wine that we make is the, the hide. So we equate that to the we call Caneros the Chablis of, of our of our of oh, our repertoire. Cool. Very cold down there.
1: But it has yeah more like Grand Cru Chablis. It has very good um density.
0: Yeah like it's like well it's old vines, yeah I agree. Yeah. Old vine the yeah
1: okay so let's try the
0: um Hudson. In one of the, yeah the Hudson, yes. You'll notice right away that you know this, these two vineyards are within about a mile of each other, but look at the difference in soil type and the smell. The first thing I smell is like beeswax. Yeah, it's candles. so
1: different. I agree.
0: So that's the that's just the Terroir at Hudson. It's got more volcanics,
1: and this has the acidity. Oh, so- wham on the finish, in a really good way. It really gives it intensity and drive. That's a fantastic bottle.
0: Yeah, we're very happy with them. Um, this is our fourth vintage of Hudson. Uh, you know, we got the, we inherited the old Dave Ramey block. Oh, okay. So he, he stopped making Hudson single vineyard. And so I was asked to join the team down there and um, they, they sold us his block. It's insane. Was, uh,
1: That's really fantastic. And very minerally.
0: Yeah. It's definitely the, you know, it has a nice complement of of richness from the it has about this one's about 70% new barrels so we we're very um we're very um uh, uh, we like using a lot of new wood on the Hudson it really complements that beeswax the, the 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 minerality and the reduction you talked about
1: yeah it's it's
0: really pretty so when you're making the wines
1: are you much more so you are more reductive in the wine making
0: yes very reductive we do everything to protect the, the juice when it comes in. The barrels are kept very full. We don't stir the lees. We conduct the natural fermentations. Uh, we, uh, are, we use um, not a lot of S2 as the wines are aging. So we like to let, let, let nature sort of take care of the wine itself versus us having a heavy hand with lots of sulfur. Mm-hmm. So we, we bottle with pretty low sulfur numbers on these wines. We want the wine to protect itself.
1: It's because there's a real, there's some people because of all the pre issues in Burgundy that all become, oh, we have to go back to much more oxidative winemaking and not be, um, yep. you know what I'm saying? So honestly, I don't have any opinion um, on it because look at like your wines, honestly, I've forgotten that you make them that way and yep. like it could be easily the other way. You know what I'm saying? The wines have so much character and intensity and richness. And like you said, they don't seem very reductive.
0: No, I don't want a lot of, I don't want the reduction to overshadow the work we do in the vineyard and in the winemaking. It can can get, it can, it can really become uh, too heavily handed. And then you, you have a hard time. uh, A lot of consumers don't like it. There's a difference between soil reduction and terroir versus winemaking reduction stinky backward they never open in the glass they're True. very tight i think that's really bad
1: now we're sugar shack sugar shack is that your most popular um crew or not not necessarily mm.
0: no i would say the most popular one's lauren it's it's um sugar shack is just so flamboyant i mean Here's a great example of, of uh, you know, we're growing grapes in Rutherford. You know, we're right next door to Donna Estate. So this is, you know, this is right next to their, that's the Helms Vineyard.
1: Oh, that, oh, I didn't realize. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Now I get it.
0: We share the same property line. So, um, you know, everybody thought I was crazy to plant Chardonnay here. But I thought, you know what? Chardonnay is my, my raison d'etre. I love Chardonnay. So we're going to plant Chardonnay. Yeah. And, and look how it turned out. It's, you know, it's I'm you say
1: that, you know, I, I, I keep on, and that's why I chose uh, you and, um, and Peter. Uh, Peter Michael for the top two wines from the U.S. Because I think that for so long, people have forgotten about Napa Chardonnay. It's, it's amazing. Well, thank you. You know? Yeah. And, I had to... and even just basic things, you know, there's a real character to them and a yeah. real identity. Yeah. And I think and I think that, well, you're, of course, you're leading the way, but it would, you know, it's great to taste a uh, Carneros or Rutherford, or wherever it's made. It really has um, a unique character to it. And now it's talking to you, in a more. It's so funny. And like we've met many times, we never talked about a, a number of things we talked about today. And I like yeah. what you were saying. It's something very unique to have fresh Chardonnays with high alcohol.
0: Yeah, so that's that's something that I you know we've uh, we've sort of coined the phrase undeniably O'Bear. yeah. Undeniable. You have to. No one else has this style except us, quite frankly. That we, we we know all the competition. guard's close uh-huh. to our Peter Michael's close, but I think undeniably we have this style locked down tight across eight different cuvées, soon to be yeah. nine. You yeah. know, and so and Sugar Shack was sort of the team leader when it came to the stylistic impression of, of, a, you know, a 15, five alcohol Chardonnay. Wow. The, the 2019 is a mirror image of the 2018. I'm just, it's, it's so amazing. It's, hilarious. but you know, it's got, it's the genetics from, from Montrachet. That's what cares. That's what carries this wine. Oh, ah, okay. It's got genetics. You know, we have, we have cuttings from the Montrachet and wow. they've been, They've been in California for about. Uh, I had him when I was at Peter Michael in the '90s, so it's it's been in California since the 1980s. This clone, and it's been propagated by a few people like myself, and it's just so versatile.
1: Did you bring the um, cut cuttings, or you got it from someone?
0: I got it from someone, but he brought them over um, in a suitcase, so it's a suitcase clone. You know, they went into the video yeah. and cut. It, you know, took a few buds and brought it back and.
1: But has it been around for a long time
0: in in California, yeah, it's since the about the early eighties it came over. What
1: do we move to now mark let's
0: go to, let's go to uh, East side.
1: The wines are around fifteen, but if you drink a bottle, it doesn't feel that It's not like drinking a
0: fifteen red so you you just agree that the the alcohol you, you agree that the alcohol not make doesn't make any difference about headaches or dehydration and all that.
1: Yeah, at least with uh, your, I had, I, you know, I, I didn't even really think about it a lot until this conversation that your alcohols are 15 or slightly above. And yes. I would have never really thought that.
0: Well, one thing that um, we're, like I mentioned earlier, that we, we have lower SO2 levels. SO2 will give you a headache pretty quickly in white wine. If it's really high, coupled with high alcohol, oh, that's you'll get true. a headache you'll get a headache after maybe two glasses. Yeah. But since we have lower SO2 levels, um, this glutathione thing and, you know, high quality winemaking that uh, drink up, Um there's a little bit of residual sugar in some of the vintages. So that helps, uh I think, with your blood sugar stuff. But quite frankly, uh you know, really great wine. I never get a hangover from really great, you know, Old Bordeaux, I could drink a whole bottle of Old Bordeaux, and no problem.
1: Me too. That's my I mean, exactly.
0: Point. All right, so you want to do East Side?
1: Yeah, really good, fresh, uh, uh, but nice intensity, very seamless.
0: Can you smell the? Can you visualize like perf- it's almost like perfumed gravel? There's a yeah, rocky.
1: I get some again. I'm I'm getting some flintiness and white pepper and.
0: Yeah, it's it it's it hits the the nose with. Mm. Now this one's the most. This is the one that def, definitely benefits from the decanting. It's Great definitely the, one of the most complex uh, Chardonnays we make. It just it just needs time to open up. So here's Montrachet, you know, uh, in its in its in its prime. I mean, this this the rootstock here is an old rootstock from from Burgundy called uh, from France called Ripari Galore. Yeah, sure. Ripari is a very famous rootstock.
1: That's the first one. That's like, you know, that's the basis in Europe.
0: One of the, yes, it's one of the ones that was lime tolerant. Mm. Came from America.
1: Where do we go now to? We're going to go to UVSL. Okay, yeah, that's right.
0: So this vineyard in particular is the closest to the ocean, it's about seven miles away. Um, so it gets a lot of maritime influence up here it's it's our highest vineyard. it's about 2 thousand uh, feet above sea level so it's up on the hills above uh, the uh, russian river sonoma coast very opulent in the mouth very dense rich you know it has
1: but it has more of a roundness and like the texture is so much different than the um east side, side. yeah
0: and the Napa's, Yeah. So we, we planted this vineyard in 2006. So it makes it it's 12 years old now, 13 years old.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> really good.
0: It's farmed by the the, the very famous, the vineyards, uh, the Valdez family.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I met them.
0: Ulysses uh, and his family. To, but it has like a, a little honeycomb, <clears throat> almost like a a little bit of beeswax here
1: totally a total beeswax i agree
0: but the weight in the mouth is what really impresses i think us in general is it's got this wonderful weight very much so it's it's nothing that you know it's it's bone dry so it has no sugar what you're tasting is just pure chardonnay extract
1: i agree with you it has an intense fruitiness that's but then it goes dry on the end which it should super
0: drinkable now what then? Got a powder house. Okay. We bought this in 2008. Um, we found a really good deal on this piece of land. This, this, uh, it was um, when, the, when, the, when the stock market and the real estate market crashed. There were a lot of good deals to be had in 2008. So we, we, we scooped this little, it was an old apple orchard, scooped it up. Planted my favorite, my favorite clones of Chardonnay here. So this is the very famous Hyde uh, clone. So, powderhouses all hide.
1: Do you think that clones have more of an effect on the wine and Chardonnay than, say, Pinot Noir?
0: Um, I think it's equally uh, important. We we find that uh, in in any realm we're in, the the genetic material is very important. If we were talking about Cabernet, I could talk your ear off about you know you know okay. genetics of Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay is no different um and it's really how you if you're an architect in a vineyard you know and you're and you develop a vineyard you want to we mix two different rootstocks in this in powder house to give us um a level of ripeness that's a little multi-dimensional meaning that um we have one rootstock that ripens a little quicker and one that ripens a little slower so oh, okay,
1: smart but then then do you but do you keep them separate or you um
0: yes so almost got um uh, in house we think this is very savory you can taste the the acidity and the alcohol make this really nice sensation on the palate
1: i can you can feel the alcohol just like on the end. yep but it it's sort of not annoying. It's just like part of the um, experience, the sensation. Okay, let's try. It. So now we go to. CIX. It really smells like, uh, probably not marache, but like a pooling marache.
0: This one's got a lot of powdery white. Um, Amazing. So what makes this one very unique is that. Uh, there's a lot of volcanic ash in the, in the vineyard site, and um, it's mixed in with this very famous soil called Goldridge. You've heard of Goldridge, right? It's the, yeah, of course, yeah. It's the, what Goldridge is, Goldridge is ancient seabeds. It's, all, it's very sandy, and it's got a lot of clay in it, and it's all these 100 million-year-old million, million seabeds. If you dig down, you can find uh, seashells and, and old crustaceans and things
1: in the soil. Is it really high in chalk then, or not? No. In limestone, no.
0: Right. You can't even measure that. There's no, there's no calcium, but there's no calcium. Okay. So it's not. There is some calcium minerals in it, but it's not really high in it.
1: Okay, because some places with seabed, with um, like in um, Tuscany or in parts of uh, Mendoza, they have yeah. high cal- limestone as well with the shells.
0: Yeah. I wish we had. We don't. But what we do have is volcanic ash, and so the ash is our—I would almost call it like a faux limestone. So we have the, the volcanic ash gives us this uh, this shift in in flavor that I um, we, we we sort of describe it as like a powdery white flowers.
1: That's pretty crazy. Again, it's it seems a little bit um, lighter or more delicate, but then the alcohol's there. And so, uh, but it has a different, much different structure than the other wines. Do you, um, so in in making the wines, is it all tweaked in the uh, cellar to, let's say to the terroir, or is it basically just making them all in a very um, similar fashion, which allows the uh, terroir to come out? Because the wines are, all so very different does that make sense my question you know what i'm saying
0: yeah oh yeah so i would say yes to both yes to to uh vinifying them in a similar fashion and yes to uh letting the site speak for themselves so i like intervene too much yeah because if you have too heavy of a hand in the cellar then the wines will start smelling like the winemakers uh totally yeah So we try to preserve the, and the best way to do this is to have a diversification of sites. So the last vineyard we pick usually is CIX. Okay. The pick is Sugar Shack, and so you get a a, a large dichotomy of of ripeness levels and sites. You know the the matrix here. To be honest with you, last year we had I think over forty lots of Chardonnay. Wow. Amongst these cuvées. So eight wines that's makes nuts. about 40 lots. That's a lot of different lots.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of work. Amazing. But so, but
0: we're very, we're very diligent and we want to make sure that, you know, like it, CIX, for instance, has uh, seven different Chardonnay blocks. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big, big deal here. We're, we're serious players. We like to, no, I, I feel know like that. Wait, that's we're, we're like,
1: I know that's why I give you big scores, but now you know, and, and that's all the work and amazing things you're doing. You, you're top. You're at the top of your game. Okay, so the last wine is the Lauren.
0: Lauren. So Lauren's a Lauren's a freshman at Cornell University. We're very proud of her. All right, Lauren's the grand crew of the, of the repertoire. This is our um, flagship. My wife and I bought this property in 1999 and planted it and, you know, got it going and... Uh...
1: The finish is, it has a really different weight to it where the finish, it comes across uh, really rich on the finish, like the, the impact at the beginning uh, isn't that intense and then it just builds. It's very different than the other wines, the texture. In a really great way,
0: and I'll tell you why. It's because it's 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 the oldest in in front of us. It's the oldest vineyard. Ah, okay, interesting. So it's the oldest vines. Uh, Hudson would be second oldest. So if you like the weight of Hudson and Lauren, that's do you think there's a that's parallel.
1: Exactly what I was. Yeah,
0: you're very intuitive. That's why I would have said too, because it's um, old vines just have this opulence. Yeah, depth comes with older older age. I'm not really sure what it is. I don't think there's an an easy answer to this, but Mm. the one thing we do know is that uh, Lauren uh, is very reliable when it comes to harvest dates. I can tell you in 2021, what the harvest date of this will be probably if I just study it for a little while. Even Even if we have a heat wave, even if you have a drought, even if you have a snow or a frost, it's it, it, it every year we pick within like two or three days of uh, year to year. I'm not kidding. And is it, it's
1: it's. Do you think? Um, and how old are the vines then?
0: Well, they're nearly twenty. They're almost twenty-one years old. Nineteen ninety-nine. So it's uh, ninety-nine. That's uh, twenty. You know it's twenty years old. Yeah. Or is it nineteen?
1: Twenty. Is it? And is it high density or?
0: It's. Uh, this one is uh, fifteen hundred vines vines an acre, which is pretty dense for California standards. But what's What's amazing about it is I think it's 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 location and its site specific. So it's on this little hill overlooking this valley, and it gets the the sun, the sunset, the sunrise, the winds, all this stuff play a really important role in its ripeness, and uh, it's just. Uh, it's right in the middle of the Russian river at AVA and it's, you know uh, so you can imagine if you're a student of, of viticulture, you can uh, be very, very planned out, which is really important in this business because, you know, with all the distractions we've had in the past few vintages with fires, heat waves and power off power shutoffs and all this crap. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that this is going to be ready on September 10th, more or less, right? So I can plan, I can, I can gear all of my viticulture towards that goal of having it ready around September 10th. And uh, that makes um, a very busy winery that one less thing to worry about. And one less thing to, it's very reliable in its ripeness. We know it's going to be this, this kind of flavor at this, this date. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of it, put it that way.
1: Honestly, I just it went. You know, I just t- It's such a great wine. The finish.
0: You don't don't. I don't. I'm not spitting. It's you know. It's time to. Yeah. Time to, I know. Like, is- I'm.
1: It's not. It's just not even ten yet. Know. Yeah. I didn't even have a coffee yet because I didn't want to mess up my palate. I think it's a phenomenal wine, and the per- and per- perfect wine to finish with too. Just like incredible depth and length, and I'm in awe.
0: I think you'll um. And if you notice, they have the. Um, I, I always tell people about the green tint on the. If you when you hold the the glass on the side and you look at the the edge of the color, when you see that green uh, light being reflected, that's always indicative of a very youthful vintage. And the glutathione is you know help, helping these wines be prevented from oxidation. So you want to look you, for the green. Do you Our think that
1: this this is one of the greatest wines you've made?
0: Uh, the 19 is even better, we think.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Yes, yeah, so when you taste the 19, I think you'll even be – we think the 19 vintage is stronger than 17 and 18.
1: Mark, uh, thanks a lot. I, re- I appreciate uh, you um, uh, staying at the winery and, and tasting oh, on Friday. But it, I'm having a great Saturday morning in Hong Kong tasting your amazing Chardonnay's.
0: Well, thank you, James, and I really yeah. appreciate it. Your your accolades, you know, really uh, resonated resonated to us. That um, I really appreciate your your work there. <clears throat> Excuse me. That um,
1: you guys are just doing amazing things. Like, really, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And and this is one of the most uh, fascinating uh, Zoom calls I've had all year. I really learned a lot That's about great. what you're doing, but also made me think about Chardonnay in America, but Chardonnay around the world. So thanks for being such an amazing winemaker and um, viticulturist. Well, thank you. Ciao, bye.